Dub Nation, this is Brandon Pajemski, and you're listening to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. I'm sorry, Brandon, who? I think he mispronounced his yeah, own name. Yeah, he didn't say that right. No. How it's... did he pronounce it? Is it Pajemski? That, that can't be it. That's Jemisky. not it. Closer. Pajowski. I like that. Pazinski. Maybe. Pazemski. Could be. No. Pukiski kid. That's the one. That's the one. Yes. Yep. Yep. It's a hyphenated last name. Pukiski hyphen kid. No relation to Jason. Yeah. (laughs) Ding. (laughs) Yeah. It's. Sorry, Brandon. You may want to like. No. You may want to work on that. It's a good thing for him. It's a good thing for him. He's going to get talked about more. Provided that this name thing uh, just doesn't get figured out. Yeah. Uh, coming up next Wednesday on 95.7 The Game, how do you plan on pronouncing Pajemski for the next five years? And uh, we'll take your calls. I like that. Yeah, it'll be great. Uh-huh. Feels like a bye week for the Niners. Is what it feels like. <laughs> uh, exactly. When do they play again? June, January twentieth at the earliest. Or twenty one, right? Right. Sixteen yeah. days from now. So yeah. it's uh, man. And by, by I would way, love to be more excited about Week eighteen in the NFL. It's getting worse by the minute. Especially. Did you see what the Rams announced? Like they're all sitting. Donald out. Uh, Cup, Cup out. Kyron Williams. Out. Oh, by the way, I did not see Puka's name on there. Yeah. They're like, hey, Rook, get the... <laughs> totally. Get the balls and get in the game. Seriously. I mean, he wants uh, he wants the O-Roy, not the Tim Roy. Yeah. He wants the O-Roy, Offensive want, Rookie of the Year. I wonder if... It, well, he'll get that without this game. But I wonder if there's... Is there like a record, like the rookie record? Or did he already get it? For Some, catches or yeah, yards. I'm or, like, Kyron Williams is a rookie, and they're sitting him out. It's not like they can win without Puka. So, like, right. why would they toss him out there? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, nobody's playing in this game. <laughs> well, Trent might play for the Niners, Trent Williams. That would be crazy. Well, I mean, Kyle Shanahan said yesterday that, uh, you know, you don't you don't want to give two, a guy two buys and stuff. Right. And so, you know, and Trent, and, you know, you, you saw what happened last time he missed two weeks and stuff. He came back and he was rusty and stuff. And so you might actually see Trent Williams <sighs> and stuff. I'm just trying to breathe through this game. Do not get hurt. Anybody, yeah. <sighs> breathe, breathe. Don't get hurt. Okay. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven. Before you move on, real quick. Oh, hi, Lucas. Hello. Can I give you a couple Puka Nakua uh, numbers? I would love them. He needs four receptions to break the rookie record. Okay. He has one hundred and one, and he needs uh, the record's one hundred and four. Okay. He also needs twenty nine receiving yards to break the rookie record. Okay. So there's your answer. And oh, by the way, who holds those records, Lucas? Yeah. I don't have the catches oh, one. God. Bill Groman. Bob, Bobaloo Sampson, 1942. <laughs> Wait, did you say Bill Groman? From 1960 with 1,473 you receiving yards. You didn't go to Marin Catholic with him, did you? First of all, I did remember you Bill Groman. when he was kindergarten. We called him Billy Groman. Who are you? Okay. We called him Billy Joe Groman back in the day. Did you? He was he was Billy uh, Shrinkman you, until he had that growth spurt, and then they changed his name. Did you go against him in C in C level volleyball <laughs> back in nineteen? Did you diggity four? You grew up in Tiffin, Ohio, with him? <laughs> hey, of course, Tiffin, Ohio. I knew his sister. Um, used to be called Gratuity, Ohio, and then they changed their name. It's another one I know, Grandy. I'm on a roll. 
<laughs> Granny's down on the dibber. Oh, gosh. Number one. Thank you. Down on the dibber. We don't know who the catch record is. And I only ask because that's my son Keon's pet peeve. When he watches a game and he sees a graphic come up like, so-and-so with the second most receiving yards in a game ever. And they don't show you who number one is. Right. That's his pet peeve. Is Keon the one that's in the uh, elaborate ticket scheme? Or is that... <laughs> Okay. The fact that the fact that you are like disrespecting uh, Quest's good friend is is one one blow, and the fact that you get the kids mixed up is another blow. So you can go ahead and you can go ahead and pivot. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Quest friend who it's not a ticket scheme. She's just smarter than the rest of you. It's not Schlubs. a scheme. It's a scam. Okay. It's neither a scam nor a scheme. A, don't worry. I it's won't. a strategy. I won't. I won't. I won't tell the cops her full name. Don't worry. You don't even know it. You don't even know which kid it is. What's her name? Sarah or something? Exactly. It's. I know it's Karen. <laughs> That's right profiling. <laughs> Most catches by a rookie wide receiver in a season happened just a couple years ago. Jalen Waddle. Oh, was oh, that so hard? Jalen Waddle. Thank you. Thank you, Lucas. So, by the way, if I if I'm a Niner defensive back. Uh, just everybody cover Puka because that's all they're going to try to do. Right. The first, the, the scripted plays from Sean McVay are all to Puka. One catch, two catch, three catch, four catch, bye. That's how they're going to try to play. And who would you have guard him in this game? Everybody. Because I don't know if Mooney Ward will play. No. Jason Verrett's going to play. There you go. I'll have him do it. Yeah. Perfect. Shut him down. <laughs> Go get him, Big J. The pride of Antioch. All right, let's take some calls. <laughs> That'll help me get rid of the giggles. Uh, Kevin and Martinez. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. What are you doing? Hey, can you guys hear me? We sure can. How are you guys doing today? So good. Good, Kevin. Oh, awesome. Uh, hey, I think I'm probably the only uh, Warriors fan in the Bay Area who not worried about this team at all um you know i i i see that we kind of got off to a slow start but i i definitely see some positives in our in our lineup and what we're trying to do uh and i'm very happy with the rookies and the youngsters and the way they've been playing um so i think there's a good transition going on right now between uh the vets and the, and the young guys and then on top of that, you know, once the once the vets are actually gone, I think we have a, at least a solid three, if not four, young players to you know carry us to the next into the future. Kevin, when you say you're not worried about them, what do you mean? Like, as in the Warriors are still totally going to win another chip? Oh yeah, they're going back. Okay, when Kevin is. this year? <laughs> yeah, this year. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate right, Kevin. it. I like fans like Kevin. We'll save you a spot at the parade. Well, look, here's the thing. Um, sure, this year. Why is that so hard? It's not hard. You okay. can you can believe whatever you want to believe as a fan. I, I, I try not to even really get into that. It doesn't matter what we believe. No, of course not. Let's watch. Oh, and yeah. And see what happens. But you our know, job know, is to talk about I know, what but, is, what was, and what will be. Well, no, that's fine. I mean, you can have predictions. That's great. And, sure. And, and just about everybody not named Kevin thinks the Warriors are unlikely to win a title this year. By the way, 
unlikely to win a title, kind of covers everybody. You detailed this the other day. The 49ers are unlikely to win the Super Bowl. It is a less than 50-50 proposition. They're the most likely team to win the Super Bowl. Correct, but they are still unlikely. Like, Niners versus the field, the field is the favorite. The field is at, like, uh, two-thirds. The Niners are at one-third. There you go. Roughly. There you go. So that covers everyone. But I know you don't like it when I point this out, but you remember the year they won the title, we got the text from you in February. It's like, this is not a contender. Right. There's no chance. So all I'm saying is, is, could like... Can we lean a little bit more toward, like, let's see what happens. And here's why I think that. I don't mean that just to be like kumbaya. I I, I think it makes a whole lot of sense for the Warriors right now. We talked about this a lot yesterday. Everybody wants a trade. And all I want is for that trade, if it happens, to make sense. Don't just do it because you want to trade. If anybody agrees that the team has even a tick more of a chance of being a playoff contender with Draymond Green on the team, then Draymond Green should be on the team. He should be on the team. Well, you don't know what the acquisition would be and what that would do to their chance to be a playoff contender. And that's where I look at a possible trade involving Draymond Green, and I think, you know, maybe you could be the same sort of a playoff contender this year, but maybe you're a more of a playoff contender next year and the year after, depending on what that trade is. Because I look at this team this year, and I think, what percentage chance do you have of winning an NBA championship this year? I put it at about 0.5%. Okay. okay. And I don't know what the actual odds are, but I'm sure they're probably close to that. Well, um, you referenced earlier today Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer and the article that he wrote with regard to trade possibilities, situations behind the scene with the Warriors. We'll tell you next what he actually proposed. What does the rest of the league think about Draymond Green and trade value right now? So we'll have that coming up next. And then, of course, your calls, Mike Leroy Daniel. We're coming. Hang in there. Here we go. Picture yourself in a cozy room by the fire, enjoying breathtaking views of Bodega Bay. Winter is magical at the Inn at the Tides. Special winter midweek rates start at just $1.79 per night. Breakfast included. Book your winter escape now at innatthetides.com. This is Willard and Dibs. This is Kevon Looney. Welcome back to Willer and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Take it away, Mark. Um, it was Dibs who called you old, Kevon. That wasn't me. Yeah, just looks old. I know that he's not old, no, but he's not, he play, he's not playing well. looks old. Yeah. He just looks like he's stiff. He doesn't look as vibrant as he did even last year, and that's why he's not playing as much. Um, Dalvin Cook to the Ravens. That do anything for you? Yeah, does yeah. a lot for me. I mean, they are a team that needs additional running backs. I don't know how much Dalvin Cook can help them, but he's a piece. He's a piece for a team that loves to run the football, and he's a guy who can run it a little bit still. yeah, He's got a little bit left in him. It's interesting. that Oh, they need more running backs. Well, only because of the way they do it. I don't know what it is about the Ravens, uh, but, boy, they are not on board with fantasy football. 
because they are maddening. They are Belichick-level maddening in terms of who gets the ball and how much and when. Yeah, they lost Keaton Mitchell. They still got yeah. Hill. They still got Gus Edwards. Well, they lost they that got... other guy, too, early in the year. Uh, right. Dobbins. Thank you. Yeah. That other guy. J.K. Always... Rowling. Yeah. <laughs> Dobbins. He gets hurt a lot. Uh, no, but they're on to like their fifth running back, and yet still. Signing more running backs. Right. And they run it as well, if not better than any team in football. And in fact, they're one of only, and I want to make sure I get this right. I think it's, oh, wow, it, it is a grand total of four teams who run it more than they pass it. Okay. In terms of attempts. Are the Niners one of them, too? You've got the Ravens, yeah. 516 rushing, 466 passing. The Bears, mm-hmm. 509 rushing, 497 passing. The Falcons, 497 rushing, 496 passing. And the Niners, the 49ers. 470 rushing, 465 passing. There you go. So oh, four so teams. Five. Yeah. Four teams. Yeah, including yeah. the two one seeds. That's uh, that's huh. interesting. Imagine yeah. that. It's interesting. And then the Bears, but that's because they have a quarterback yeah. who they'd rather not have throw the ball. Well, and he And then Atlanta it. is always Atlanta a... Atlanta just doesn't have a QB. Right. They don't have a QB. I think a couple of them, but yeah. not one they like. They run the ball a lot, but not with their first round draft pick on certain weeks. Nope, not mad right. at all. Uh, what <laughs> you still a, won the league. What you're crying. Whatever, Arthur. How'd you do in your other leagues, by the way? Uh, you got we, one title, and I got a, I got a first place. I got a second place. I got a fourth place, and a and a sixth place. The fourth and the sixth do not pay anything. You got second in the family league. Yeah, who beat you, Abe? Yeah, your son. Yeah, your oldest. He had the best team. The one who was. Like crying all oh year, God. yeah, about this isn't fair and I'm totally. getting screwed. Yeah. And, and then he won, he won the whole thing. It's like, oh, God. and he beat daddy in the final, <laughs> yeah. Thank God you beat Steiny. I mean, otherwise, I was rooting against myself in that one, though. Like, I did just like, I don't want to deal, you know what I mean? I mean, it was, I'm sure it wasn't 900 lose, bucks to the winner, no, it was a couple bucks, and it's like, my God, yeah, dude, yeah. if I lose, it's four more months of you moping around the house. <laughs> The Lions that one time. It's just like, good God, will you just eat some chips and let's go? You know what I mean? Like, stop. Uh, Anyway. Anyway, uh, I'm just curious. It just hit me. Yeah, let's go to uh, Leroy in Oakland. Hey, Leroy, you're on Willard and Dibs. What's up? Hey, what's up, brother? I'm just sitting on my last break uh, getting ready to get off work. And, uh, boy, um, as a Golden State Warrior fan, I just – I just kind of been sitting here this season and kind of going, boy, this is kind of the way I, I thought it would go this season. And coming in, I, I just was down on the season. I thought that um, we would make the eighth seed. I, I thought we would make the playoffs as a, as a seventh or eighth seed. And that's with Draymond, and that's what I wanted to say. You know, I was big on, you know, getting rid of Draymond and, and, and keeping Jordan Poole and all that stuff. And then I started thinking and I started looking at some stats and stuff, uh, especially the Warriors against good teams. And Draymond is especially vital to the Warriors um, against good teams. I mean, I look at when they played against um, the Denver Nuggets on Christmas Day. Um, I mean, we had 23 assists as a team. And the highest assists, man, was... B-Pod. I'm going to start calling him B-Pod. There you go. People there, whatever. Instead of iPod, B-Pod. But he had the most assists that game with six assists. So 
Draymond allows you to move the ball. You know, he, he, he gets our assist numbers up. The rebounds are up. I don't think nobody was in double-digit um, uh, rebounds in that game on Christmas Day against the Nuggets. So this is what Draymond Green does. Hey, we're eighth seed, seventh seed in the playoffs with him this season. Without him, we're 11th or 12th. So I'm eating a little crow because uh, I wanted him traded, but he hmm. is important to this team, and he does make us better. Leroy, thanks. I And again, the, the, the premise for me – uh, without telling anybody how to fan or who you like, it does not matter. We're all allowed to answer that one. But it caught me today, not by surprise. It's just something I noticed uh, with both social media and listening to our station and whether it be callers, the other hosts, everybody. When Adrian Wojnarowski tweets out earlier today, that, and I'll paraphrase, in the coming days, Draymond Green is expected to return to the Warriors facility and start the ramp-up process of being ready for reinstatement. That means two things. A, Draymond is heading back to the arena, number one, and number two, the league is getting ready to reinstate him. Then the Warriors have got to ramp up the physicality. Um, By reports, this was also Jason Dumas. Uh, Draymond has been working out largely in L.A., um, but has been working out and staying in shape. So how long is the ramp-up? We'll see. But here's the thing that caught me. Okay, Draymond's coming back, and I hear Warrior fan angst every day. Here we are, right? Got to win for Steph. Got to this, got to that. We got to find a way to get back on a winning track. And if you feel that way, and you think the Warriors are even a tiny bit better with Draymond Green, why was today's announcement met with a collective eye roll and a moan? Oh, yeah. Draymond's coming back. Here we go. It's That's because, kind of the vibe yeah, I got. I get it, and I will speak to that vibe because I feel that way. If they are a tiny bit better when he gets back and – they should be a lot better when he gets back. But let's just say, based on what you said, a tiny bit better when he gets back. That tiny bit better is not good enough to make them better enough for it to matter. Because right now, you are a 500-level team fighting to survive in a Western Conference where there are four to eight to maybe ten teams that are better than you. So if you're a tiny bit better, do you go from the 11 seed to the 3 seed in a real threat? Probably not. Don't know. You go from this is this is the opinion yeah. for those of us who don't think that him coming back is anything other than an eye roll, than a shrug, because you're seven and eight with him and you're nine and nine without him. But is there anyone like? Uh, 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 here's where my mind goes when I hear that that kind of an opinion, which is okay. If if the Warriors are that far away, then why is everyone clamoring for a trade? How does that do? Maybe it gets them jump-started and gets you into a six-seed. Maybe Draymond does that. Yeah, perhaps. But I I think that the idea of the unknown is always going to be more appetizing than the known. Especially when the known, if you're not a Draymond lover, and I'm not, and I haven't been for a long time now because I think that he's more of an emotional drain on the team, and I think that his, his play has been a distraction more than it's been an attraction in terms of me as a fan. I watch him play, and there aren't a lot of games that I watch him play and think, man, this is really fun watching him play. Totally fair, uh, but I would argue this. The best acquisition the Warriors 
can make over the next five weeks is Draymond Green. And here's why. In the NBA, I'm a big fan of continuity. I'm a big fan of letting it bake. You have to have a group that's been together for more than a minute in order to effectively win the whole thing or do some things in the playoffs. The championships are not won at the trade deadline. That's never been the way that it works. So even if you pulled off some trade that you really love and you get a good player, just for sake of argument, let's call it Pascal Siakam. Oh, yeah. Here comes Siakam. Does that make you better? In theory, it would and it might. But does it do enough in two months? Like in two months, don't just, this isn't NBA 2K. Don't take Siakam's talent and just inject it in there. Remember, they've got to start understanding each other. They've got to know each other's tendencies, how to leverage that within a new system. You've got to do all of that, and you've got to do it in short order. I don't think that that's going to change the Warriors all that much. There's one player out there who has not been on the team for the majority of this year who knows everybody's tendencies, knows the system, I'd argue better than any human being on planet Earth, and it's Draymond Green. And so if you want to talk about someone having a shot to come in and change the team, I'd argue it's him more likely than anyone else. Well, I would argue that he is as likely to come in and do what Draymond does, which is get technicals, get ejected, commit flagrants, and get suspended. So that's where we've been with Draymond Green. And he might. And if you look at his game log this year, it's a couple of inactives. He played six games. He was inactive. He played three games. Then he was suspended for five. He played six, and he's been suspended ever since. So... Over the course of their last 21 games, he's been suspended for 15 of them. And he'll be suspended for probably five more, I would guess. A minimum of five more. They got one tonight. They got one tomorrow. And I think they play again Sunday. I think they are in a little bit of a mini stretch of three games and four nights. And even if Draymond returns to the team in the coming days, and let's say he returns to the team, I don't know, tomorrow or Saturday, You figure you give him a week to ramp up, four to six days, whatever it is, he's going to miss the next four to six games minimum, I would imagine. So you're looking at, you know, six more games without Draymond. And when he comes back, is a four week absence enough for Draymond Green to really change in terms of the way he behaves? Well, you know, I, I would argue now, I've said this a couple of times, you don't need to worry about it anymore. He does it again, he's gone. But that's why you do have to worry about it, Mark, in my opinion. You don't have to worry about it because we're already at a spot. And and by the way, an acquiring team knows that too, which means it'd be very, very difficult for to find someone to give you something that matters for him. We promised what Kevin O'Connor said about his trade value. Here it is. This is what he wrote. Even though Green's reputation has lost some of its luster, if he were made available, there'd be a small group of teams viewing him as their final piece. A motivated Draymond with something to prove on a new team is appealing. Right? Question mark. If picks or valuable young players were acquired in return, those assets could be packaged with Golden State's existing assets to acquire another proven presence to pair with Steph. Markinen and Walker Kessler, Claxton and Dorian Finney-Smith, Siakam, or 
Jacopolo. Uh, so uh, these are the names. Those are the names. And he's not saying that you can get any of them for Draymond. He's saying you might be able to get them for things that you get for Draymond. Right. So right. if you trade Draymond, it's for little pieces. It's for little future assets that you could then flip for another player. But that player is not going to be a star. Player's not going to come in here and understand the system and turn the Warriors into a contender in two months, in my opinion. Right. If you were offering me Laurie Markkinen in exchange for Draymond Green by way of what Kevin was talking about in terms of pieces in, pieces out, and then you get Laurie Markkinen, sign me up for that right Markkinen's now. Markkinen's good. Markkinen's good. Young player and a player without this level of baggage. And I look at what you're looking at with Draymond Green. You've got three and a half more years of Draymond Green. And like you said, Mark, he's in a spot where from now until the end of his career, any misdeed will be punished tenfold of what it normally would be. What he did to Yusuf Nurkic, if it were any other player, it's a flagrant two, and maybe... Maybe you get a game on top of it if it was deemed to be a real aggressive act. But Draymond Green got suspended indefinitely. An indefinite suspension. And his own head coach came out and said, yeah, I could see it. Makes sense. And, you know, we're giving him his space and he's given us ours. And now it's been 23 days since the infraction. And he's coming back in the coming days. And we're going to expect him to suddenly have seen the light. Or suddenly not have another transgression like that? No, I, no, I, I think that's foolish I, to think. I don't expect that. I don't expect anything. Here's what I expect. I expect Steph Curry to look better because he always does. Plays better with Draymond Green because there's no human being on earth that knows Steph's tendencies and needs more than Draymond Green. And if you think that there's anything in the world more important than that to the Warriors organization, then I got issue with your opinion. Well, I'll tell you what I expect. I expect Draymond Green to come back and get a technical foul within the first maybe two games. I give him a game grace. That'd be funny. I, I think an opening possession. <laughs> if I'm Draymond Green and I'm thinking like Draymond in terms of I'm going to be the way I'm going to be. And he said that, right? Draymond he said has that, said. He said that after Rudy. He has not said. Uh, yeah. and that was a long time ago. That was a long that time was, ago. Oh boy, that was November fourteenth. Yeah. No, he's been. I mean, silent. that was uh, he's been yeah. silent since he got suspended this time. And he asked yeah. me. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. That was seven weeks ago. Rudy Gobert. Look, look the league has. I just of, the league has plenty of power here, and, and of course, and they're pushing. He's under their thumb, and right. But he, how has he ever responded to being under anyone's thumb? He's never been threatened like this before. His career's on the line. His legacy is already damaged. His relationship with this fan base is forever. Damage. His legacy is solidly intact, and it's he's a four-time champion, and he's changed. made hundreds of millions of dollars. It's been changed. Well, that was already true, right? It's so already I don't, a, like if, it, I, I don't I, think that he's he people, wakes up and goes, "Jeez, man, this is no, it's all or nothing." Stop. I mean, Nobody does that. We'd, right. Like if that was the case, these guys would all already be retired. Why is Steph? Why does he care? Legacy's intact. Oh, he loves the game. Well, yeah. So maybe Draymond does too. He thinks he does. Actually, I, th- I know he does. Right. He plays in a different way, but that like that's not a thing for me. Like, oh, they've got enough money and titles. They're still like Tom Brady. They're maniacal, right? Of course, they're, they're going to they're, they're keep. They're going to keep pushing, and let's not act 
like Draymond's got nothing to lose here. The NBA can take his career away, and and that matters. That matters to him. Sure. I do think that Draymond Green is actually going to... It, there's going to be something different when he comes back. So first time he has to. He comes back and he plays, and there's a call that goes against either him or a teammate. But and talking he, to a ref, that's fine. He can get a technical. Of course he's he can. Not going to hit anybody. He's not going to hit anybody. So I don't think he's going to hit anybody. He's got an opponent going to the hoop, yeah. and he wants to go up and and challenge and be physical and challenge the opponent. He's going to go up and play the same way. You can be you can be physical and challenge an opponent. You just can't punch him in the face. Right. You can't. You can't kick him in the jimmy. You can't hatchet a guy in the head. Can't do it. Right. I just think season that, over. I think that Draymond Green comes back and he knows only one way to play, and it's the way that he played coming out of Saginaw at Michigan State, and it's what made him a Hall of Famer. And for him to be expected to. Dial it back, let alone turn that off. It's not going to happen. It's not just a matter of expected; it's demanded. But it's not going to happen. Then he's gone, so we don't even need to worry about him. So anymore. let's just keep him around for three and a half <laughs> more go. years. Let's do more Pajemski radio. Let's do it because he's done if he does it again. Mike and Hayward. Hey, Mike, you're on with Willard and Dibs. What's up? Hey, I like to say that I take the problem with the words that the year that they won it, they had, they were more fundamentally sound than they won it two years ago. Their defense was more fundamentally sound. And I think they need to start drafting players like the guy from Santa Clara and the guy from, from uh, El- uh, Illinois that are more fundamentally sound. And that's why they're playing, because they're more fundamentally sound. That's why they're getting the time, right? Kaminga is not, is not fundamentally sound. I mean, he'll play well, but he'll miss five or six free throws in a game, right? That's not fundamentally sound. And as far as Draymond is just talk about Draymond. They're not going to win no championship without Draymond Green. I don't care if you like it, don't like it, don't matter. He plays best with Steph Curry. He knows the guys, right? Great. The Warriors are not cutting. They're not getting. They're not doing anything to Draymond. Draymond's going to come back, and he's going to be fine. Okay, so they know they came with. Just imagine Draymond playing tonight and guarding the Joker. Now, how was that? How would the Joker feel about that? Ask that question to your, your the guy sitting next to you. It's obviously if Draymond was in the game tonight that the world would have a better chance of winning the game tonight if he was guarding the Joker. I agree with that. I mean, yeah, Mike, thanks. You ask the guy next to him, Mike. Yeah. Don't be afraid of me. We're right here. It's no, all right, Mike. Jokic has said that before, that his his, his most difficult Western Conference matchup uh, as far as the defender is, is Draymond Green. Right. Look, that, that Warriors played great that night. Well, they had a great opportunity to win that they game. They did. I actually think they're going to win tonight. I think they're going to win the game tonight. You betting it? No, I don't know. I haven't looked at it yet. Probably. No, I probably am. I haven't even. I haven't gone there yet. I usually do that about five o'clock. Nice. Anyway, um, yeah. I like, but do they have a better chance tonight with him? Sure, but that's also one game, so that's not even necessarily uh, the, uh, the 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 larger point. Um, but but I'm I'm with him. Um, I think that you have to pick a route here. There are too many Warrior fans, in my estimation, who are obsessed with stop all this Draymond stuff. We've got to focus on the young people. And if that's your opinion, I think that's totally fair. But I'm going to challenge you every time and say, then why should Steph Curry still be a Warrior? Why would Steph even want to be a Warrior? He's not here for this. He doesn't want to be Dame Lillard. He doesn't want a team like that. 
And so if you're still a Steph Curry fan and you still think that there is juice in the orange in, in his career, then you don't get to say it's time to turn this over to young players and their development. Those two things are in stark contrast with one another. Well, you don't have to turn it over to the young guys to be done with Draymond Green. You can trade Draymond Green and you can bring in another veteran piece, which is what they did with Jordan Poole. You could. So you want to talk about juice left in the orange. There's more juice in Jordan Poole's orange than there is in Chris Paul's, but the franchise thought that getting rid of Jordan Poole at that point was more beneficial than keeping Jordan Poole. They could have kept Jordan Poole. They had him under contract. And Mike Dunleavy said, you know, Jordan Poole is under contract for four more years. They could have kept... Jordan Poole. But you know Were they that, forced to trade Jordan no, Poole? No, but you know the two things at play there that are not in play with Draymond Green. No, the two one, things that are in was, play are you have a player under contract and you can either keep him or not keep him. No, em. but you trade Jordan Poole because there was a bad locker room dynamic that existed, number one. Right. And trading him created financial flexibility in 12 calendar months. Neither the of same those, thing exists with Draymond Green. Not necessarily. Well, you would and, have financial flexibility. Again, no, and we ne- don't know about the locker room dynamic with Draymond Green. Not, who are you getting back to make the salaries match? Is someone going to give you an expiring for Draymond Green? It's possible. Alone? Maybe. It's possible. Maybe. You were able to do that with Chris Paul. All I'm saying is, if you traded Draymond Green, you wouldn't have to worry about four years and $100 million anymore. So to that end, you would have financial flexibility. So if you were able to get an expiring contract, and let's just use Pascal Siakam as an example, and I know the money doesn't match up, there would have to be more involved in it than that. But if you got a three-month rental in, like you have with Chris Paul, who's a one-season rental, you have financial flexibility because Chris Paul is coming off the books. Right. You would have the same thing with the player you acquired from Draymond Green. Right. And again, I was Financial still, flexibility. And the Raptors will say no, unless you would like to give us Jonathan Kaminga as well. Well, maybe you do. Okay, then maybe, maybe you do. Maybe you do. But 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 that has got to be added into the conversation. Nobody is taking a call and being like, let let's give you this incredibly valuable expiring contract on a really good player for Draymond Green. We're not. There's no incentive for the Raptors to do that. If you want to give us Kaminga, now we're listening. Well, there are players out wanna, there you could acquire. You all want to give them, You all want to give up on Jonathan Kaminga? You want to do that? I'm not sure if the franchise does or not. Exactly. And they have a better idea, much like the Niners did with Trey Lance. Which the the Warriors have a better idea about where Jonathan Kaminga is than we do. Totally. And that's why uh, one thing, if you're a Warrior fan, that I would suggest you watch here in the next week or two is every single move Kaminga makes. Because every move he makes, they're all worth three. He's got to prove right now the deadline is coming and Draymond is coming. And if I'm Kaminga, every possession is absolutely vital so that you can send the message that you want to send. Uh, we're presented by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. Kendra Andrews in a half hour, so we really want to come directly to the calls next. So Zachary and Daniel and Kenyon and Scooterman, uh, we're coming to you next on Willard and Dibs. Hey, it's Moses Moody with the Golden State Warriors. Now back to Willard and Dibs. <laughs> hey, it's Moses Moody. For now, with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I wonder what these guys want. You know what I mean? Like, Jonathan Kaminga tells you. Moses doesn't. He doesn't tell you. Um, which is why Steve Kerr compliments him so right. much. <laughs> he's like, he's like Kavan Looney because they do yoga together, and so they're tight. Yeah, and they and they know they like they're going to handle it the quote unquote professional right. way. I don't actually know if that is, if what Jonathan does is lacking professionalism, but uh, but coaches like it. Coaches like it, that's for sure. Um, by the way, been meaning to uh, start pumping this up since yesterday, and uh, and largely forgot. But but we'll we'll keep giving you reminders. Uh, a very different kind of basketball game that will be played at Chase Center. Next Wednesday, right? Is it next Wednesday? Yeah. Next Wednesday, January 10th, the Warriors have a home game. And it starts at 5.30. Wait, what? Yeah. Our time? Our 5.30. 5.30. 5.30. Yes. Dinner with the dubs. That's not bad, yeah. Just made that up. But anyway. Supper with Steph. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your hands off her. Yeah. <laughs> now, how many nicknames My girl. do you want? But anyway... Um, yeah, so this game's going to be at 5.30 against the Pelicans. And so if you've got tickets or whatever, make your plans because it is going to be uh, a challenge for some of you to put butts in seats right. on time. And so just. Two cheeks. Inside, on time. <laughs> on time, yeah. So just do we know wise, why, Mark? It's at five. I gotta think it's a TV thing. Okay, I gotta think it's a TV. I thing. figured with your uh, vast uh, network of connections that maybe you would have gotten the actual definitive answer by now. Uh, because normally the TV thing is uh, you get that four four thirty game, and then you get the seven or seven thirty game, right? Right, right. right. But uh, five thirty is a weird one. Um, and on a Wednesday see, too, it's not like it's a you know bibbity bop. Yeah, Wednesday, January 10th. Okay. Raymond Ritter, if you're out there and you want to text us and let us know. The game is on on ABC, not ESPN. Okay. It's on ABC at 530. So it's what ABC wanted. I mean, they got to get to the the Golden Bachelor afterwards, starting at 8. Is there a holiday I don't know about in the middle of the week next week? Why, Why is the Warrior game on network television on Wednesday night? Yeah, that's a good question. Anyone? That's where I'm that's why for... it's at five thirty. But why is it why is it on ABC? Right, a Wednesday, a Wednesday night, night. primetime game. Yeah, against no. Memphis, right? No, against uh, New Orleans. Oh, sorry, New against Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay, it's a to me, it's a bit baffling. It's not like you're trying to curry favor with the East Coast, pun intended, like a game against New York or. You know, Boston or Philly. Okay, you, you want to make it at 8.30 back east. I get that. But a New Orleans Wednesday. Wednesday is the new Sunday. Yeah. That's what they All say. Right. Raymond Ritter, if you're out there, hit us up. Yeah. Let us know. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the Willard and Dibs podcast. Free Odyssey app wherever you find your podcast. Uh, while you're there, you can find Steve Kerr interview yesterday. You can also check out all the great content from our other shows. Morning Roast Conversation with Anthony Slater uh, yesterday was really, really good as well. Um, also, want to remind you to uh, not miss the kickoff show on Sunday with Larry Kruger and Lo Neal. 
two hours before the start of the Niner game. It's not actually a Niner game. It'll be people in Niner uniforms, though. Uh, join us at the Hilton Santa Clara for delicious food. There'll be great drinks. Best pregame show in the Bay Area presented by Hobbes Law. You've been wronged. Hobbes Law will fight to make it right. Call 1-800-INJURED or visit HobbesLaw.com. And Larry should be in fine form. This is his kind of game. He will preview it by introducing you to the parents of all of the players you've <laughs> never heard of who will be playing in this game. He'll tell you where he, they went to college and what he thought of them a few years ago in the draft. I like that. Yeah. He's going to love this game. Totally. Deep in the depth chart. <laughs> um, Daniel in Indiana. Hi, Daniel. What are you doing? Say hi to Dan. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for calling. Yeah, so uh, getting the news uh, as I got out of bed this morning that uh, Waj said that Draymond's going to be returning to the facility. I've heard you guys talking a little bit about it. I'm kind of uh, I'm, I'm glad you said you like that fan, Kevin, because I'm kind of like him. I, I, I've kind of kept an objective perspective the entire season, uh, thinking, you know, games are a resource. It's an opportunity to scout your talent and to, to do all those things, and it's okay to maybe, like, not freak out every time that we lose if we're trying uh, to, to figure the, the puzzle out, you know. But um, I think when Dre comes back, uh, I don't, you know, it would be a cr- it would be a total crime to demote TJD and Kaminga at that point. I think the guy that comes out of the lineup is probably going to be uh, Chris Paul. I think he, he's relegated back to the bench just like he was earlier in the season. And then that gives you a little bit more interior defense. That gives you uh, uh, a point forward because basically the the three point percentage, the passing, everything that Draymond brings to the table is everything that Chris Paul does anyway. Uh, you know, except he's going to be on the other side of the pick and roll for Clay and and distributing. My biggest concern with him coming back, well, I have two concerns with him coming back. One is that he that he pushes the pace so much that our turnovers are going to go through the roof. That's the first thing. The second thing that, that I'm concerned about <clears throat> is that uh, right now he has trade value. If he has another incident, he has zero trade value. Uh, so, you know, if you're looking at it from that perspective, I, I do believe that we have one of the deepest rosters across the board. I think that they could definitely, you know, do some damage there. But when he comes back, if he comes into that lineup and you've got the, the two forwards in the center or, or three forwards or however you want to look at it, with, with the two guards that we know are consistent shooters, et cetera. BP not being in the starting lineup with Clay in favor of BP means that you have a more one-dimensional uh, piece, whereas BP can shoot outside and drive inside. Clay is just that spot-up Ray Allen, and, and that's where I think he's, he's kind of coming in. But if you look at it, we then have a backup point guard with Chris Paul. We have a backup uh, shooting guard, you know, with um, – with BP, you know, and then all of a sudden Clay isn't guarding all the forwards anymore. He's back to, to being one-on-one with guards, which is a little bit better. You don't have a 6'10 uh, Denver Nugget, you know, swiping the ball away from him two or three times in a row. Yeah, Daniel, um, Daniel, let us jump in here, man. Thank you very much for, uh, for the call. Um, obviously, you know basketball. And I think you have some points there with regard to what some of the guys can and can't do in different lineups. If Chris Paul comes out of the starting lineup, nobody gives a rip about that. that like that's fine. That, that you're right. That's the way it's been. Um, but I, I, I still, I what I hear in in those kinds of points is in contrast 
with what I hear when we talk to Steve Kerr. And and that's why I'm so focused on, let's call it eight games. I don't know how many more Draymond's out, but let's call it eight games. Okay, You're going to have to sort of play poker and declare, are we going high or are we going low at that point? Because this idea, and I think a lot of fans are with him, don't you dare let Draymond get reinstated and then take those young guys out of the lineup. Okay, then don't call and say the Warriors can win it all. You've got to pick. If you still think the Warriors are trying to win and they're trying to go to the playoffs and maybe try to do things when they get to the playoffs, and I know what Steph thinks, if that's what you think, then yes, you have to be willing to yank young guys out of the lineup and lower their minutes. Newsflash, when Draymond comes back, young guys are losing minutes. Right. That's automatic. So you got to be ready for that. But does it make you better? I don't know. And that's where... That's the information we need, And that's what Steve Kerr... Steve Kerr would say, yes, it makes us better because Draymond's a veteran and I'm riding with the vets. And he said that to us on our show with Steve Kerr, our weekly conversation. And that's the direction he's going to go. So you're right in terms of fans. Fans are going to be outraged when TJD, maybe he gets a... A DNP. TJD gets a DNP, and it's because of what Steve Kerr said to us yesterday, and he said it every week. We can only play nine guys, maybe ten, and when Draymond comes back, they're going to have 11, maybe even 12. GP2's out, which helps a little bit in terms of the number crunch, but you're going to be having more bodies than you have spots on the court, and you know that Draymond's not going to sit. He's not going to be a DNP, and he's going to start once he's ready to go. So at the expense of who? And it might be Chris Paul, but I think more likely it's going to be Kevon Looney. I think Looney's minutes are going to be the ones that go down. Maybe. I think Kaminga has done enough to earn minutes, and I also think that when you look at Jonathan Kaminga, what we've seen is when you don't play him as much, he plays worse. And when he plays a lot, you get a lot more out of him, both good and bad, more good than bad. TJD's a little bit different. I think he's a little bit more of an experienced guy. He's also a complimentary player. Like, Correct. You know what I mean? You're not at like, oh, put the ball in his hands and create something. No. No, rebound, finish dunks, do your exactly. thing. Exactly. That's, that's all they need from I him. think Kaminga you need, quote-unquote, more. Yep. And I think Looney's more in the TJD mode of more of a complimentary player, too. So... I think that Looney loses minutes more than anybody else when Draymond comes back. Yeah, you you, you might be right. You might be right. But, uh, like, yeah, he's, he's coming, and other minutes are, are, are going to lower. Right. And there's going to be a reason for it, too. I know that this is where – this is kind of one of the things that I, I have said often in the last couple of years. And I often get called a homer because of it. But I am someone who, when I watch sports, I believe inherently that coaches – Put people in the game or not in the game based on something. There's a reason. Right. It's not just because they're mad at someone. Of course. Steve it doesn't Kerr, mean they're always right, though. Of course not. And I love it when Coach Kerr will come on here and be like, bleeped that up last night. My bad. My bad. But w- this is so- it's a process that fans often have to go through with young players. We see something pop. It's exciting, right? Trey Lance will throw a ball to Danny Gray down the left sideline in a preseason game. (gasps) Oh, 
he can be elite. He's him. He just needs time. He just needs someone who will give him an opportunity. And a coach is over here going, I'm with him every day. He gets an opportunity all seven days of the week. And I don't always love what I see. So when we get to the game, that matters. And fans get to the game and go, why you hate young people? Why won't you give them a chance? There's a reason. So this conversation is really applicable right now to Kaminga. Like if I asked you, what do the Warriors think behind the scenes of Jonathan Kaminga? I don't even know how to answer. Before you do, you're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ, FM, and HD1 San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app. Twitch and YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Smart choice for low auto loan rates and super simple online application process.